Acts chapter 2, amen. Do you appreciate the gospel of Jesus Christ? Amen. Saved all of us. Amen. Beginning with verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you today, God. We're so thankful for your word, thankful for your presence, thankful for truth today, God. We want you, Lord, touch each heart, each mind today, God, as we get into your word again. Oh, Lord Jesus, and apply it to our lives, Lord. We want you to bless each heart and each mind that's in this place. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I plan on doing quite a bit of reading today, amen. It has been a theme of mine so far. This is the third or fourth time that I have preached in 2017. And so far, the theme that has been burning in my heart is that word absolutes, amen. The Lord has been dealing with me and talking to me, amen. Moving on me and drawing me closer. This morning, I want to talk to you about what possibly is one of those, I, I think the last time I spoke on a Wednesday night, we talked about the word submission, amen, and that makes people cringe this day and age, and the word obedience does the same thing, amen. People cringe when they hear that word. I think that we should not be part of that people, amen. Submission and obedience is required, amen, for us, amen, to follow the Lord. Can I get an amen? There is a truth in the word of God. In fact, it speaks of it often, amen, and, and, refer, and is referred to on many cases. And this day that we live in, in 2017, unfortunately, the truth is not valued anymore. Truth and facts, amen, are given to whoever uh, decides what they are within themselves, amen. The Word of God, and in fact, just plain, simple facts, and I'm not even talking about biblical facts, but just plain, simple facts anymore, Amen. Have been disregarded, and and really the authority in our world right now is human reasoning. Can I get an amen? That folks just feel like if if they feel like it's the truth, it's the truth. If they feel like it's fact, it's fact. If it if they want to apply it, they will. If they don't, they won't. And who are you, amen, to tell them? And and infringe upon. Here's another word that they're enjoying these days. Infringe upon their rights, amen. As a human being, we don't look to infringe upon anybody, amen? But the truth is the truth, and facts are facts. Can I get an amen to that? If we are going to follow Jesus, amen, there is a path that has been set out that we must follow that is the right way, amen? If we are going to be saved, we have to be saved, and I'll, I'll be quick to say this, that the truth that we will speak of today, especially in the gospel and, and in salvation, amen, it is not a Pentecostal gospel. It's not a Baptist gospel. It's not a Lutheran gospel, amen. It's not a Catholic gospel. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is in the word of God, amen. It's not, amen, our truth. It's not your truth. It's not their truth. It's the truth. Can I get an amen? And in Acts... That is laid out, and, and I'm going to do a little bit of reading, and I'm doing it on purpose because I like to give you the Word of God. I don't like to just give my opinion. I don't like to just give, amen, my interpretation. We can find clearly and plainly and simply, amen. It's, it's so simple that the first preacher that preached, Brother Farino, was just a, a, an uneducated fisherman, amen. So I qualify, an uneducated fisherman. 
But there were those that even wrote the Gospels, amen, that, amen, were, uh, they were educated. So it's, it's all across the spectrum. The truth remains the same, amen. It doesn't change because you're educated. It doesn't change because you're uneducated. It doesn't change because of your background, your upbringing, amen, your finances or anything like that, your race, amen, or anything. The truth is the truth. Can I get an amen? Reading in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2, Amen. It says that uh, they heard them speak in other tongues as they came out of the upper room there in Acts chapter 2. And then they, they noticed that it was of their languages, amen, and they were all amazed, it says in verse 12, and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Let me stop there. Does, isn't that kind of indicative of what human beings do, amen? We see something that we're not quite comfortable with, or, or maybe we just don't understand it, or maybe it's something new. It's, well, we weren't brought up that way. We haven't been uh, exposed to it yet. And it's, it's Brother, Brother Buford, you and I would do it, amen. There's certain things that we would see, and, and sometimes we're a little bit immature, and we start to poke fun at it, and we say, well, well, what is that? What's going on? I've never seen anything like that. And we might nudge each other and say, I think they've been hitting the bottle a little bit. I think that guy's been drinking just a little bit. And, and, and it's interesting that it was something that amazed them. It was something going on that they had not seen before, amen. And it was absolutely essential and important to the degree that Peter stood up and he stopped what was going on. And he said, let, let me just explain a few things. And, he, and, and what he was doing was he was stopping that snowball effect. He was trying to, to uh, 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 quench, if you will, the momentum, amen, and the mocking and the making fun and the misunderstanding, amen, of what was going on. He was trying to quench that momentum. Let's not get carried away uh, and allow them to get uh, th this to spread like the plague through the crowd that has seen something that they just simply don't understand and so Peter took the time and it says that he standing with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them ye men of, Gal of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem be this known unto you and hearken unto my words for these are not drunken as you suppose seeing is but the third hour of the day but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel amen and he will go on to talk about what Joel said he said in and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor, smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come and it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved amen and too many amen stop right there too many uh, uh, find themselves putting a period on the things that Peter is trying to teach to the multitude there he saw it so uh, uh, fitting and so important that he stopped the mocking he stopped just the amazement he stopped the wonderment he quenched amen the the momentum of those that were getting carried away, amen, in the moment and in the signs, amen. And he said, no, we've got to go a little bit deeper and I need to reveal to you the truth of the matter that is going on here. And that's why he referred to Joel. He said, I want to I make sure that you folks that are standing around, maybe you're educated, maybe you're uneducated, but I guarantee you the ones that were standing there were at least this, steeped in the traditions, amen, of the Old Testament, praise God. And that's why he began to refer to the prophets, amen. And he began to reach back into what would be the Old Testament law and teachings. And he began to say, uh, and, we, and we all notice now because we've got that hindsight. We've got the word of God. And we can look back into the Old Testament and we can see that everything that unfolded, praise God, every moment, whether it was the tabernacle, whether it was the, the, the ark, amen, no matter what was taking place, everything was pointing to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything in the Old Testament was saying, look to the New Testament. Look to our future. Amen. Look because one day a Savior
Savior will come and his name will be Jesus, amen. One day there will be one, praise God, that will be hanged on a tree and he will give his life and he will shed his blood. Everything in the Old Testament pointed to the new and that's why Peter said, I'm about to reveal something to you and I want you to know it stays consistent with everything that you have been taught that everything I'm about to reveal to you is going to stay consistent and it's not going to contradict what you believe and what you've been taught amen but it's going to confirm and Jesus said himself I haven't come to do away with the law I have come to fulfill it amen can I get an amen and he said that him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge Peter is now teaching to them Jesus the foreknowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh, and he's referring again concerning him. He said, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, and I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance men and brethren let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us unto this day therefore being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins according to the flesh he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell neither his flesh did see corruption this Jesus hath God raised up whereof we are all witnesses amen therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the father the promise of the Holy Ghost he hath shed forth this which ye now see and say here for David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy fools thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Amen. Let me stop there. Let me tell you what Peter is doing. Peter is preaching to those that said, what is this? I'm amazed. I'm mocking. These men must be drunk. And he said, no, what you see and what you hear has been prophesied by the, the great King David. It's been prophesied by Joel. It's been prophesied and talked about in the Old Testament and pointed to. He said, what you see and hear, amen. And he began to preach, Brother Farino, the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. He began to say you have taken that Jesus and you have crucified him not necessarily as an indictment to them amen but to show them that this is the fulfillment of prophecy what you see and what you hear was the plan and the purpose of God himself that he was not going to leave you in your sins but he was going to do what he had been saying he was going to do all along and he's saying this is that this is what he said he was going to do everything you've been looking to and looking for and needing and must be having amen this is absolutely that thing amen and what happened such a great and wonderful thing happened when Peter was finished preaching Jesus and the and the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Something great happened. The Bible says in verse 37, and when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, amen, and, and hallelujah, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And this is when we get into our obeying uh, uh, absolutes, amen. This is where we get into uh, that God does care about truth. This is the point where we come and we say that salvation, now listen to what I'm about to say, that salvation is a choice, amen, but it's a choice with no other options, amen. This was not a point, praise God, where Peter said, whatever you feel like doing, as long as you do it in the name of the crucified Christ, amen, 
land and you just do what makes you feel safe. This was not a point where he said, amen, it's up to you. It's your right to decide. It's your interpretation, amen, to feel like whatever it is that you want to do, amen. He did not say that. When they stood and they asked a direct question, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter didn't stop preaching right there. Peter didn't get wishy-washy right there. Peter didn't begin to water it down right there. I'm here to tell you, listen to me, I'm about to tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm about to tell you the absolute biblical means by which you must be saved. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you this. If the gospel offends you, then you need to be offended. If the gospel hurts your feelings, then they needed to be hurt. If the gospel, amen, disappoints you, then maybe you needed to be disappointed. If it pricks you in your heart, then that's what it was meant to do. If it grabs your attention, it ought to grab your attention. Amen. I'm about to tell you by which way and how, amen, that your sins can be remitted, that they can be washed away. I'm about to tell you how you can get Jesus Christ, the Spirit, amen, of the Savior in you and with you and for you. I'm about to tell you you ought to be excited about it. I heard Jerry Jones say this weekend that an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. I'm about to tell you again, and many of you, probably 90-some percent of you have heard this and know this and have experienced it, but I'm about to reveal it to you again, amen, anew and afresh. You must, praise God, repent of your sins, amen. You must, hallelujah, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission and removal of your sins. And the Bible tells us, and Peter stood and told them the gospel, the absolute truth and salvation, amen. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. And he didn't let them ask the question. He said it's to you and it's to your children and it's to as many as afar off as our Lord shall call. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. Notice that Peter did not stop and just say whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord God shall be saved. Because that's true. We can't say that that's not true. But you can't stop there. When you call on the name of the Lord, when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, there are actions that are followed by that act of belief. Amen. There are actions that will follow. Amen. Whenever you call on the name of the Lord. Amen. Verse 40 says, And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves. Look at that. He's telling them how to be saved. He said, with many other words, he exhorted and he began to tell them. And he says, and he's confirming yet again, this is why I'm telling you this. Save yourselves from this wicked and untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. We'll try it again. And they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers think about that last line right there and they remained steadfastly continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and in the fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers I can find you, and I have just revealed to you Scripture where it says that we should continue steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine. Amen. But I cannot find you a Scripture where it says that any of that changed. Now, folks can, can get theological. They can get deep. They can twist. They can turn. They can manipulate. They could single out scriptures and leave out whole books, amen, and they could probably describe to you another gospel. But there is no other gospel than the gospel of Jesus Christ and the death and the burial and the resurrection, amen. You must repent of your sins. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. And we've got to continue steadfastly in that doctrine, amen. Let's talk about what we must do, amen, John 3, verses 3 through 5. And pastor, I'm using a little bit of your Bible study here in the middle of my uh, message this morning, my lesson this morning. And those of you, amen, that would like it, praise God. Pastor has a great Bible study, amen, that he has put together. John 3, 
John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We're talking about what we must do, amen. We must make a choice, amen, and there is only one option. Can I get an amen? Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? And, and enter in the second time into his mother's womb and be born. There it is again, humanity, flesh, speaking again. It, uh, Jesus was saying to Nicodemus himself, you have to be born again of the water and of the spirit or you can't even see the kingdom. Say, that's absolute. Everybody say, that's absolute. He said, if you don't do this, you cannot even see. And then there's a little bit of confusion there because Nicodemus says, well, how can, I, how can I enter back into my mother's womb and be born again? And there are folks that want to twist and turn and manipulate that question, amen. But Jesus answered him again. He said, it, it, it bears giving you another answer. If you still got a question, he said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It's clear. It's simple. Amen. It's almost kindergarten level when it comes to Christianity. We can't overcomplicate it. We can't make it too complex. Amen. If you want to be saved, the Bible tells you how to be saved. Amen. Let's explain how, how absolute and essential is repentance, amen. Luke 13, 13 says, I tell you nay, but except you repent, ye shall likewise perish. That's pretty important. Can I get an amen? 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all, say all, all should come to repentance. Who should repent of their sins? Everybody. Not just Pentecostals. All that have sinned. All that were born with this nature, amen, that we all are. David said, I was, in my mother's womb, I was conceived, amen, in iniquity. When we are born, we are born with a sin nature, amen. It, it doesn't matter if you feel like you're a good person or a bad person or rotten. And I, I, say, that, I say that respectfully. It does not matter how low you feel or how high you feel. This is not a gospel of feeling. It's the gospel, just simply the gospel for everybody. Second Corinthians says this, uh, chapter 7, verse 9. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance, for you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer, that you might suffer, oh man, I'm getting lost. That you might suffer loss from us in nothing. Verse 10, for godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Amen. That repentance, that sorrow that you begin to feel when somebody is preaching a gospel message, that sorrow that you begin to feel is a godly sorrow that worketh repentance. And amen, the writer of Corinthians tells us, praise God, that, is a, that it is a repentance that is leading to salvation. Amen. It's a godly sorrow that's working a good work in you. Yeah, feel bad for your sins. That's okay. But don't feel bad for feeling bad. Can I get an amen? This world has come to a place where it's trying to, to tell folks. And, and can I just say, amen, maybe this is a rabbit trail and I shouldn't get. But we have got to stop allowing ourselves to be measured by the measuring stick of the world. Amen. We have got to stop allowing, amen, the influence of the world on the church, praise God. We've got to stop being afraid, amen, to say that sin is sin, amen. And sin is still dragging people, kicking and screaming and sometimes 
sometimes willingly to hell. We have got to continue to stand for and on the foundation of truth. Amen. We cannot allow Hollywood to tell us what our men and women ought to be like and look like and sound like. We cannot allow Hollywood to, uh, amen, interpret and describe, uh, amen, uh, what a marriage ought to be. We cannot allow them to tell us, amen, and bend us and manipulate us to be the type of, of men and women and parents and husbands and wives. We can't allow Hollywood, amen, to define what our relationships ought to be. We've got to, stop, got to stand on the word of God. It doesn't matter where you've been, where you come from, who you are, how you were raised, or what your last name is, amen. We have got to maintain to be the light in this dark world. We have got to continue to be the city that's set up on a hill, amen, that all those that are afar off and all those that are walking in darkness, amen, have something different to climb to, to run to, to look to, to believe in, amen, hallelujah, praise God. There's got to be a difference in us and them, amen, and I'm going to preach that until God calls me home, amen, that there's a difference between us and them, amen, but watch this, but such were some of you, amen, and I was once lost, and I was once a sinner, and I was once into drugs, and I was once violent, amen, and I was once addicted to things, and I was once distorted, amen, in what I thought relationships ought to be. We've got to get back to scripture and what is a foundation, amen, of a true and godly marriage and relationship, amen, with one another and with God. Amen, that was for free. I'm tired. Oh man, maybe I'm not done. I'm tired and I'm exhausted with folks that seem to be swimming in quicksand because they're trying to live like the world and be a Christian. Oh, that felt good to say that. I'm exhausted by people that know the truth and yet they continue to climb willfully out, back out into the muck and the mire, hallelujah, and they compare themselves with the world and they try to relate, praise God, and, and all of the influence that the world has. It's time, amen. It's about time, praise God, that we start to influence the darkness, amen. It's time, it's high time, it's overdue, praise God, that we awake from our sleep. It's time, it's high time, it's overdue, praise God, that we influence our co-workers, that we stop worrying about what they think when we bow our head and pray for our lunch, that we stop worrying about what they think because whenever we get angry or smash our thumb that we don't blurt out cuss words amen it's time amen that we stop worrying about what the schools and the, the organizations think when we say we won't be there praise God because we got church on Wednesday night we got prayer on Tuesday night we got youth service on Tuesday night we got church on Sunday morning we got church on Sunday night I'm tired and I'm exhausted amen with trying amen to manipulate my life to fit and not offend them, amen. I'm going to believe the gospel. I'm going to stay in the truth. I'm going to live according to scriptures, amen, because it's his opinion. It's his thoughts. It's his ass assessment, amen, of my life that matters and theirs does not. Amen. Let me get back to the gospel. Why must we be baptized, amen? First Peter says, which sometime... We're disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few that eight souls, watch this, were saved by water. Look at this, Peter preaching again. Peter reaching back again and referring to Noah, amen, and he said, I'm about to teach you something, and I'm going to use this illustration. I'm going to use the ark. When sin and sinners were about to be destroyed by the judgment of God, these eight were saved by water. Hallelujah. We're talking about baptism, right? We're talking about being born again of the water, right? Amen? All right. The like figure, he continued in, in verse 21. I'm in 1 Peter 3, verse 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. 
not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That Peter is just always talking about the death, burial, and resurrection when he wants people to get saved. Amen? Paul even said, I don't, I don't desire to know anything among you other than Christ and him crucified. Amen? Not all the, you know, I could get up here on a Sunday morning and I could maybe get real deep and research something and, and maybe bring something to you and tell you what kind of leather Jesus had in his sandals. I don't know how people figure that stuff out. But that business isn't going to save you. You know, Paul talked about saying things that were impressive and using big words and being Mr. Educated and trying to impress everybody. And finally, he said, you know what? I'm kind of over all that. I'm just going to preach to you Christ and him crucified. If I'm going to impress you, I want to impress you in your spirit that you decide to climb up out of the miry clay and amen, call on the name of the Lord and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and repent and get baptized and get filled with his spirit. Can I get an amen? Mark said this, it's a little bit essential, amen, to be baptized. He said, and he said unto them, and this is Jesus speaking, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. And they shall speak with new tongues. And they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Do you know what Paul was, or do you know what Amen? Uh, uh, Mark was trying to describe right there? He was describing a Christian. Not a super Christian. Not just an apostle, not just a, a pastor or a preacher. He said, You'll, you, in, in the reference to the taking up of serpents, I, I know of one in Acts chapter 28 when Paul was sitting around the campfire with the barbarians and he began to throw some sticks on the fire and build the fire and get it hotter, amen. And it says that a serpent latched onto his hand and when it did, this is why, because Paul was full of the Holy Ghost, amen, and the power, amen, of God, he shook that serpent off in the fire, amen. Can I tell you that what we're talking about here in Mark is if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, if you have obeyed the truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're filled with his power, there is nothing that can stop you, there is nothing that can bring you down, there is nothing that can get in your way, amen, yeah you may stumble and trip and be human every once in a while, but I'm here to tell you if you've got the power of the Holy Ghost you've got the power of the resurrection you've got the power to get back up you've got the power to fight on you've got the power, amen, you you and I have the power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We have the power that if we'll call on the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Ghost and the authority of the scripture of God, hallelujah, we can cast out devils. We can bring down strongholds. We can press through. We can run through a troop. We can leap over a wall, hallelujah, by the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm just preaching the truth to you this morning, amen. I'm preaching an absolute that if you'll obey the gospel of Jesus, Jesus Christ, you can have a power in your life, amen, that is an overcoming power, that even when you feel sick, you don't feel defeated, that even when you feel attacked, amen, you don't feel alone, even whenever tears are running down your face, you know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning, not your joy, not your happiness, not all your happenings, but joy of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There is a truth in the scripture. Amen. It's not your truth. It's not my truth. It's not their truth. The Bible says it's the truth. Hallelujah. I don't find anything else anywhere else. <laughs> every time we look, amen, and I'm going to get into something else in just a minute, but every time, amen, we take a walk and a stroll, amen, down through the scriptures, particularly in the book of Acts, amen. And let me just throw this in there. There isn't a church out there that won't tell you that when the church was born, it was born in the book of Acts, amen, on that second chapter. I'm talking about Presbyterians and Catholics and Lutherans, amen, and Pentecostals. Everybody will say that is a Jesus Christian believing, amen. Every one of them 
will say, amen, that it was the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was the crucifixion, amen, that saved us all. It was his shed blood, amen. But somewhere along the lines, and pastor, we can look in encyclopedias and in history, and it'll tell you, amen, where they got off in the weeds. And, amen, history will tell you. We don't even have to go into the Bible, but it'll tell you where they got off into the weeds and they stopped believing certain things. They started molding and manipulating, amen, the gospel to keep from hurting certain folks' feelings or maybe even to include people, amen. I want to be included in the family and in the, amen, the, 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 the family of God, amen, through the name of Jesus Christ, not just part of a club, not just part of an organization, not just part of a group of people. I want to be a member of the body of Christ. Amen. They wander off and they get off in the weeds. Amen. And the Bible tells us that we ought to continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. Acts chapter 10. I love this story. Amen. Let me back up the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Romans 8 9. But you are not in flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I get an amen. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus, here is here, here we are again, Paul now in Romans talking about that resurrection, amen. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. I think the Holy Ghost is important. Amen? Amen. The truth matters to God. Four or five more of you. The truth matters to God. That's me. My, my insulin pump is not liking my breakfast. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not about to go off. Amen. Praise the Lord. I was about to go off on one of you. Turn that thing off. Amen. The truth matters to God. Acts chapter 10. A little bit more reading, amen, and then I'm going to let you go. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. A centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. Verse 2, a devout man. I, want you, I really want you to pay attention right here between verses 2 and 3, amen? So please, if, if you don't have your Bible, if they don't have it up, just, just tune your ears into what I'm about to say about Cornelius. Verse 2, Cornelius was a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. Now, I'm just going to tell you what happened through the rest of this because uh, there's a lot, a lot of scriptures to read. But I want to focus on verses 2 and 3. He was a devout man who prayed always, gave alms to the people, and watch this. Some of us would go, whoa. I thought, I thought folks had to qualify for that. And got visions from God. That's a pretty good dude. Can I, can I say, and sometimes we, we stumble on this right here, can I say Cornelius loved God? Can I say that? Of course I can say that. Can I say that without the gospel, without being filled with the Holy Ghost, can I say that Cornelius had a relationship with God? At least give me a Sunday morning nod. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. Amen. Let's read on just a little bit. Well, what happens is, is God uh, jars Cornelius in that vision, and he tells him that I'm going to send a man, and I want you to fetch for that man, and I want you to get him. His name is Peter, and he's, st he's staying right now with Simon the Tanner. Amen. I want, you to go, I want you to send some men to him. He's got a message for you. Okay? Now, what you need to know that while that is happening, 
Peter is in prayer up on top of the house, up on the roof. I don't know why, but he was up on the roof and he was praying, amen. And he got a vision from God. We're dealing with Peter again. Remember the guy that preached the first message, the first gospel, told everybody how to be saved? Here's Peter on the rooftop. He gets a vision. God spreads out a sheet, puts all this food on there that Peter the Jew was not supposed to touch and not supposed to partake in. Amen. And so he rejects it, and God does this a second time and a third time. Amen. Until finally, Peter, he tells Peter to rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. That was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. God was nudging Peter and telling him, I'm about to send you to some folks that you're not used to talking to, that you're not used to dealing with, that, that it really, and Peter will tell us later on, that really it's unlawful for you to speak to them. It's against the law for you to go into their home with them and tell them anything, have a conversation of any kind, but I'm going to do a work, and these three men are going to come, and I want you to go with them, and I want you to go to Cornelius. And Peter did the right thing he obeyed God amen because the word of God is absolute the word of God is always right it doesn't matter how we feel or how we were raised or what kind of dividing lines we allow to come between us and them amen God is always right he's always sending us to them he always wants us to tell them the gospel amen can I get an amen and so Peter ends up in that house, amen, and he ends up in the house with Cornelius. And watch what the testimony is of, of Cornelius' uh, men. And they said, the men that he knows, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Amen. And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and he had called together his, his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Peter lifted him up and said, stand up. I'm only a man just like you are. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Man, I love that. Therefore I came, and without objection, as soon as I was sent for, I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? And Cornelius said, four days ago. And then Cornelius tells him about the, the time that he had and the vision that he had. And watch Peter's response in verse 34. And Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. In truth, I see that God is not partial to anyone. Oh my. I got to thank God for that. <laughs> I have to take a minute just to say thank you, Jesus. I have to take a minute to say, in and of myself, as low as I was, as crooked as I was, as rotten as I was, as a matter of fact, amen, before I was even born, the Bible tells me that you and I, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you and for me, amen. He's not a respecter of persons. He's not particular in who he's going to deliver the truth to. Because in truth, Peter said, I see, amen, that God is not partial to anyone. What does that mean? He's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance amen he says in Hebrews amen that he shed his blood once and for all hallelujah he did it for everybody and now Peter that once may have been I'm just going to say it may have been just a little bit racist at one point because he said you know I'm not supposed to be talking to you I'm not even supposed to be in your house he said but I'm going to lay that aside because now the vision that you're telling me you had and the vision that I know that God gave me amen and now we're together I see that in truth a 
amen, God is not partial to anybody, but that he's willing, amen, that everybody should know the truth. He's willing that everybody that's lost in their sins should get to hear the gospel. He sees, oh, hallelujah, Cornelius, I understand that I'm in your house today to tell you about the death, burial, and resurrection like I've been telling all my Jew buddies, amen. I'm here to tell you that you ought to repent, that you ought to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you ought to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And watch this, hallelujah, that it says that while Peter yet spake these things, amen, that while he preached to them Jesus, while he began to tell them the gospel, while he began to tell them that what had happened to him could happen to them, amen, the Bible says, and the Holy Ghost fell upon each of them. Amen. That the Holy Ghost fell while he was preaching. Amen. While he was telling them that he is Lord of all and Lord to everyone. Amen. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those that heard the word. Amen. They heard the gospel. They heard the truth. And those of the circumcision who believed. Amen. Now watch this. I love this part because it says, And those that were of the circumcision who believed. You know that's not enough? Actually, if we were being scriptural, it is enough. Because if you believe, you're going to do something with that belief. Can I get an amen? So it says, them that believed were astonished. They were amazed. As many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. I love that. They were amazed as Jews that these Gentiles had just received the Holy Ghost just like them that were believers. And it says because they heard them speak with other tongues. There was evidence with their belief. There was evidence, hallelujah, with their experience. There was evidence when God's spirit was being poured out. There was evidence there. And it says that those that were there on the upper room day, and it happened to them and it poured out on them, that they were astonished because just like it happened to them, it just happened to Cornelius and his family. So between Acts 2 and Acts 10, still steadfast, we continued in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. Even when we're talking to Gentiles or we're talking to Jews, amen, the gospel and the truth remains the same. Amen. Then Peter answered, this is a great part, can anybody forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of of the Lord because there's no other name (laughs) if you're going to be saved you've got to repent of your sins you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ no other name no other title in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost And God is not partial. God is not a respecter of persons. He's not looking for somebody to get good before they get God. He died for us while we were still sinners. Let's stand to our feet. Here's what I hope I have done. That preacher thing, amen, where I have scanned the crowd and I've said, amen, who here needs salvation? Who here needs, amen, as Jesus described himself, he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. I've tried to scan here and say, I wonder who needs this message today. Can I just say that every single one of us needs this message today? Every single one of us. Because we're living in a day, amen, 
in 2017 like many of us have never seen or experienced. And what, I try, what I'm trying to do to you today is confirm and affirm in your spirit, amen, that when you tell people that there is a way, you could do that with confidence. We cannot find anywhere, and this is something else that, that other churches will agree on, that the book of Acts is the history of the church. We cannot find anywhere, Brother Farino, in the recorded history of the book of Acts where they did it any other way. Where they left out any step. Where they left out any, amen, step of, a, of a, the crucifixion of Christ, the death, the burial, the resurrection. Every time there was an act of repentance and at every time there was somebody that said, well, here's water. What doth hinder me from being baptized? And, you, and you'll see where, what, this is what I love, Brother Mark, because in that instance, amen, Philip was preaching to a eunuch and in that instance, all it says was he was started to describe to him what he was reading in the Old Testament. Because remember, the Old Testament points to Jesus. So he began to explain to him what that Old Testament scripture was saying to him because the eunuch didn't understand it. And we don't get, we don't get the details, Brother Buford, of everything that he said to the eunuch. Amen. But we do get this where it says he preached to him Jesus. And the, the question that then the eunuch asks is, well, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? So we know that the disciple told him, you've got to repent, brother. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And God will fill you with his spirit. And that's when he said, well, here's some water. Can we? And they went down in the water and he baptized him in the only name given to us by which we must be saved. Isn't that awesome? Church, I'm here to tell you on a Sunday morning. First of all, if you're here, and, and you've been, you think that you have been saved any other way. I'm not coming to you uh, in pride. I'm not coming to you overconfident. I don't have a proud spirit when I'm preaching this message saying we are the only ones with the truth. Because we are not, Sister Buford. We are not the only ones with the truth. Because the truth is right here. Everybody out there with one of these on their shelf or in their back seat, or laying beside them, or at the lunch table, wherever you are, everybody with one of these has the truth. Think about that. So just because you've been told another way, or you've uh, maybe you've confused things, or you feel like you're a good person, I just read to you in the Bible that Cornelius was a great guy, had a relationship with God, gave probably more than you and I do he, he did more, he, he prayed every day he gave his alms, he saw visions from the Lord, he had a relationship with God but truth mattered to God so he spoke to Cornelius and said I'm going to bring you somebody with the gospel if you're here today and you've not repented of your sins, you've not been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ if you've not been filled with His Spirit, with the evidence, just like in the Word of God, that you were filled with the Holy Ghost and you spoke with other tongues, according to Scripture, not according to my opinion, my interpretation, according to the book of Acts, according to the Gospel. I recommend to you today, just like Peter did to them that said, what must we do? I'm going to tell you this morning, repent, get baptized in Jesus' name, and you will be filled with his spirit church why don't we take just a few minutes let's bow our heads why don't you begin to pray for somebody here today that this is touching their heart maybe they are like the men in the book of acts there in the second chapter that god has pricked their heart he's begun to deal with them he has brought questions and amazement in their mind they had always heard the bible they've always heard scripture they've always heard preaching and teaching would you do that church would you just begin to call out a name and i'll just say this if you're here this morning and you have the holy ghost and you've taken part in the in the gospel of jesus christ maybe somebody's uh, name and face will come to your mind just begin to pray for them right now just begin to call on the name of the lord and say god maybe they've heard the gospel before but would you prick their heart 
would you begin to talk to their spirit would you begin to let the gospel and the scripture begin to set in on them would you do that right now maybe you in your heart you begin to hear those scriptures that said and they remain steadfast in the apostles doctrine amen maybe you've been a little wishy-washy lately and you haven't stood steadfast in the apostles doctrine or in prayers amen or in the amen the fellowship of the brethren maybe you've drifted a little bit maybe you've allowed other things to take precedence or priority amen maybe you've been a little